Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we've got Joe Biden. Just Biden is hiding from reality, if he even knows what it is anymore. We've got uh, we've got some words about how hard it is now to satirize the left. Kind of mirrors something some podcaster's been saying. Hmm. Good looking guy too. We've got the New York Times slamming Biden. I mean, slamming him. We've got a, well, a story about the January 6th, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened in history of all mankind forever. We got a story about that. That's, uh, well, the FBI is not really supporting the, the leftist narrative about people who did that and why they did it, et cetera, et cetera. We'll look at that a little bit. And we've got an example of crazy. Crazy is in uh, Demi Lovato version of crazy. Let me tell you what. She's crazy. I mean, really crazy. And we've got uh, the other McCain, Robert Stacy McCain, noted blogger, writer, journalist, and Crimson Tide fan. Nobody's perfect, of course. Looking at... Uh, well, what is the best revenge since we get to tell all the Biden supporters now that, yeah, you idiots voted for a dumbass. All that and more, my friends, today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. Time to kick this pig. Welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought. Let's kick it off with President Mumbles, the leader, of course, of Team Biden, uh, along with cackling Kamala, who may really be in charge. We don't know. Maybe that's why she's always cackling. I just don't know. But let's lead off here with uh, a little soundbite. <clears throat> my friend, my friends, excuse me, sorry. My mouth got lazy there for a second. Uh, let's lead off with a little uh, little statement from Joe Biden and see if you can tell if Joe Biden gets gets it or not over how big a well a cluster you know what this has become and how incompetent he's looking. Have a listen. I've seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've spoken with our NATO allies. We've spoken with NATO allies, the Secretary of State. Our national security advisors have been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world and our allies, as has the general, or excuse me, I keep calling him a general, but my Secretary of Defense. The fact of the matter is, I have not seen that. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite I've got. The exact opposite. Well, there you go. Joe Biden hasn't seen any criticism from anyone from the international community. I was listening to a little uh, little blip from uh, earlier how a uh, a British uh, well a British member of Parliament really ripped Biden and calling his uh, his leadership in Afghanistan shameful. And it's not just it's not just the right wing. I mean, it's not just conservatives. Consider 
Would you call the New York Times, my friends, a conservative publication? I didn't think you would. And Clay Waters wrote about this at uh, Newsbusters. And the New York Times got the bashing Biden bat out. And what they said was, uh, was pretty stark. They said that Biden was seemingly at odds with a little thing called reality. As the situation in Afghanistan becomes only more grims, grim, pardon me, the New York Times is, is properly condemning the Biden administration's lack of foresight and criticizing Biden's false statements regarding the U.S. evacuation. Saturday's front page featured a, quote, news analysis from Peter Baker, which suggests Biden's botching of the Afghanistan pullout might damage his electoral selling points. A presidency and its values put to the test was the title of this. And here's part of what uh, Baker said. And this is what he led with. For most of the last week in the fires of the worst foreign policy crisis of his young administration, the president who won the White House on a promise of competence and compassion has had trouble demonstrating much of either. The chaos in Kabul and his own conflicting messages have left President Biden struggling to assert command over world events and seemingly more intent on washing his hands of Afghanistan than expressing concern over the humanitarian tragedy unfolding on the ground. As he has all week, Mr. Biden made assertions seemingly at odds with reality. His description of a smoother evacuation contracted, contract, good Lord, I'm sorry, contrasted with the continuing confusion at the Kabul airport where flights were halted for hours on Friday until they resumed late in the day. His claim that there was no question of her credibility with NATO allies belied the deep frustration in European capitals. And while Mr. Biden hailed the degree of precision of the operation, he could not say how many Americans were still in danger. How's that for really precise precision, folks? These comments came after other suspect statements made earlier in the week. At points, the president has <clears throat> evinced little sense of the human toll as the Taliban swept back to power. Ask about pictures of fleeing Afghans packed into planes and some even falling to their deaths. After trying to sneak aboard, Mr. Bryan interrupted. That was four days ago, five days ago. Well, they're they're dead, right? So it doesn't really matter when it was. Sounds kind of like Andrew Cuomo about the nursing home patients that died. Who cares how they died? They died. What leadership for the Democrats, folks. But Andrew Cuomo doesn't have the excuse of senility. Joe Biden may well have that. I don't know. And I'm not mocking him if he's if he's has some serious mental uh, <clears throat> acuity issues, because I, I would feel very sorry for him. But again, that was four or five days ago. Does it matter? People still died. When in fact, it was not four to five days, it was two days earlier and hardly made less horrific by the passage of a couple of sunsets. Now, this is interesting. You could go read the whole piece at Newsbusters. Uh, it doesn't get any better for Biden. CBS News has has called him out. ABC News, CNN now um, has been doing it. The New York Times, uh, this is not good for Biden. And I, look, I want full transparency as much as we can possibly get from the media. And I would love to see honest reporting on, on it. But uh, <clears throat> we don't get that. So it has to be really, really bad if the mainstream media is saying these types of things. So you can take what they're saying and measure the, the, the amount of badness in it. And you can increase that about 20-fold as to how bad it really is. Uh, this is an embarrassment to this nation. Uh, and again... Why do we have this man in leadership? 
Yes, Trump did broker this deal. CNN, Jim Acosta. He's a real journalist, darn it. Uh, but Jim Acosta, little Jimmy boy, tried to, to reframe the narrative by saying, well, you know, Trump has to take some of the responsibility. He brokered this deal, but he hasn't executed the deal. I mean, you can have a GM of, an, of a uh, football team make a great trade for a stud stud uh, pass, pass rusher, defensive end. That's led the league in sacks for four straight years. But if that GM leaves and a coach takes over GM, uh, the GM role, and then the coach doesn't start the guy, doesn't use him but for a handful of plays a game, and in the middle of the season makes a trade for him, the execution has to be questioned separately than the initial decision. And whether you supported the pullout or not, uh, I think Trump probably did the right thing. But let me ask you one question, my friends, and you liberals listening out there. Do you really think that this would be being handled this badly if Trump was still the president? I don't think we'd have put all the military out before we got the, the the civilians out, I think we'd have handled that business. We told the Taliban, shut your mouth and stay over there. Uh, Trump might have been tweeted. Oh, he can't tweet anymore because Twitter has banned him for life, apparently. But would Trump have screwed this up as badly as Biden? I don't think there's a chance in hell. And it comes from incompetence. It comes from not taking this as seriously as trying to dramatically change the United States of America, frankly. And I don't think it's high on the left's agenda. I don't think they get it. I don't think they get how dangerous this is. Consider something else about this, my friends. Consider the, the human toll, obviously, is the number one thing. And it will get worse. It will get much, much, much worse. Uh, but consider this <clears throat> about, uh, oh, here we go. Jeffrey A. Dove, who's a former member of our military, has served this country. And he ran for, I believe it was House seat number 11, 11th district in the state of Virginia last, uh, last year. He tweeted this, and it puts things in perspective. The Biden administration lost this much equipment to the adversary. And folks, it's gone. It's spread out who God knows where. God knows how many people will die, how much terrorism will be will be implemented by the use of these weapons, how much money they'll make being sold to fund more terrorism. But they lost this much equipment to an adversary. All of them need to resign immediately. That's what Jeffrey A. Dove Jr. is saying. This is not acceptable at any level. And these are the U.S. weapons seized by the Taliban because of the botched, screwed up, absolutely pathetic Team Biden execution of the U.S. leaving Afghanistan. $85 billion. That's in U.S. funding to Afghanistan is now gone. $85 billion. 600,000 weapons. That's rifles. That's any type of weapon you probably want to look at. How about 75,000 vehicles of all sorts? And get this one, 200 aircraft including some very technologically advanced aircraft that is supposed to be known how these things work only to the U.S. I believe Fox News uh, had that up. That was a government accounting office report. And the GAO, the government accounting office, is what they call nonpartisan. So think about this. Think about how bad this is, how really bad it is. Now, let's look at another little piece on this. Uh, the other McCain had this up. And he talks about uh, how you can, how you sometimes celebrate when, when you are right about something and an ideological opposite was wrong about it. And it comes out and then people can see you were right. 
And it's fun to kind of rub their noses in it or their entire face. But in this case, McCain writes, good news, bad news. The good news is all Trump's enemies now look like utter fools. The bad news is it's because Biden has wrecked American foreign policy and doomed thousands to death by the Taliban. And if you don't think that will happen, you're nuts. Winning an argument is good. Seeing your antagonist exposed as fools is also good. But is victory so sweet, if won at such cost? An absolute catastrophe is now unfolding in Afghanistan. Because the guy that all the smart people told us would restore our precious norms has turned out to be a blundering dimwit. And as much as we enjoy this vindication of, we told you so, you damn fools, it does not alleviate the horror, and that's the proper word, horror, of watching America's reputation go up in a cloud of smoke. To the left, of course, watching America's reputation go up in a cloud of smoke and allowing people to say somehow our military failed. All the left, that's that's multiple orgasms for them, for those nutbags. It's sickening, frankly, my friends. All these lives, and the horror will go on and on and on. God forbid there will probably be Americans left over there or allies, Afghan allies that have helped us. All those weapons gone, and that money from selling those weapons, the damage that those weapons may do, the aircraft, the technology lost to our enemies. Think about all the hell that will that will come out of that. You're talking about evil bastards when you're talking about the Taliban. These aren't good people. These aren't honest brokers. These aren't people driven by, you know, failed ideology, but, but good intentions. They never have any good intentions, except for their own fixation with uh, making women live like it's the seventh century and making everyone else live that way, too. This has been a massive failure and uh, an embarrassment and there's nothing that, that makes me angrier than all the people now. See, we can't win a war anymore. America's military has failed. Blah blah. You know that just makes me want to makes me want to go off on somebody. Truly, 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 truly uh, sickening. Now remember something else. This is from the the, the McCain piece at theothermccain.com. This little headline, Biden assured allies in June, for you Florida State graduates, that was just two months ago, the U.S. would ensure Kabul stability. How's that promise holding up? That headline came from Bloomberg News. And uh, as they say, as the kids say these days, it didn't age well. But that was concerning how our European allies find themselves cast in the role of flounder in an Animal House remake when Otter tells them, you effed up, you trusted us. And there's many young Europeans now that are stranded in Afghanistan. Are the offspring of the elite, the trust funders we'd call them, whose Frantic parents are burning up the phone lines demanding that their governments rescue their kids in Kabul. Imagine, imagine the pampered 20-something daughter of a French or Belgian bigwig with her degree in international relations doing some kind of NGO work for women's rights in Afghanistan. And then quite suddenly, the Taliban swoops down out of the hills. She's forced into hiding with a horde of bearded, machine-gun-wielding fanatics take over what provincial hamlet she was working in. There's going to be a lot of suffering because of this incompetence. A lot of incompetence it took to do this. Go read the whole piece at the other McCain. It is, uh, it's very good. It's lengthy and very well worth a read, my friend. It is entitled Living Well is the Best Revenge Except for Rubbing Your Enemies' Faces in Their Shameful an irreparable failure. Uh, that's from a couple days ago.
and uh, just absolutely disgusting, my friends. Absolutely disgusting. And I'm I'm not going to talk anymore about uh, Afghanistan. I am getting agitated and uh, just don't. I don't have the words right now that 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 sufficiently express my anger my disappointment, my sickness in the pit of my stomach over this. And again, I would personally like to thank every Biden voter. Is this better than having to read someone's tweets that were kind of offensive or hurtful? Which is worse? The real world's a great place. Too bad the left doesn't realize it, my friends. Now, remember, everybody on the left and even some on the right, Adam Kinzinger and some of the Lincoln Project garbage, they love to say that January 6th was the worst thing ever since. And just fill in the blanks. It could be the war between the states. It could be 9-11. It could, although they pretty much agreed it was worse than 9-11 somehow. January 6th. It could be worse since Oklahoma City bombing or Pearl Harbor or the Spanish flu or the, uh, you know, the great hemorrhoid outbreak from that went from 2016 to 2021 after Trump was elected and served four years. All the left hemorrhoids over that. There just wasn't enough preparation age. But a view from the beach. Great blog. Fritz writes there, I don't know his last name, and if I did, I wouldn't give it to you because because you might be a spy. You might be one of those spies, and you might try to do some damage. But election 2020, FBI admits scant evidence for January 6th coordination. This is the second big lie out of January 6th. The first is it's the worst since you, you pick your time. The second worst is that it was some collaborative effort led by the evil genius of Donald Trump, of course, who was still speaking after this had already started happening, yet he instigated it or, oh yes, incited it. The left still tells that lie with regularity. But here's uh, here's what uh, the FBI has now said. The mainstream media don't expect a lot of coverage. Fritz writes, there was one main story yesterday, and it seemed like everyone had it. Reuters claimed an exclusive. FBI finds scant evidence of U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. Huh. And from the piece, uh, the FBI again has found scant evidence that uh, the U.S. the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was a result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election results according to four four current and former law enforcement officials. Though federal officers have arrested more than 570 alleged participants, the FBI at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated by far-right groups. Let me repeat that for all you leftists out there listening. You might want to take a, a aspirin or three. The violence was not centrally located, according to the FBI, but coordinated by the far-right groups or prominent supporters of then-President Donald Trump, according to these sources, who have been either directly involved in or briefed regularly on the wide-ranging investigation. So people that know basically are calling the left BS. A senior, former senior law enforcement officer said this, 90 to 95% of these are one-off cases. With not, uh, This person has knowledge of the investigation. Then you have 5% maybe of these militia groups that were more closely organized, but there was no grand scheme. Let me repeat that. There was no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of these people to storm the Capitol and take hostages. That's pretty clear, isn't it? 
In other words, just like with saying Biden was the, the adult in the room and the, we had to have Biden as president to save us, as wrong as those people were, so were the people trying to exploit January 6th as some type of organized insurrection or revolt to throw overthrow the government. Huh. And you can read the rest of the piece. I just wanted to get the headline out there, folks. It's uh it's it's truly truly a lot of fun to rub the nose of the left in their own uh their own, you know, stuff. And that's uh, yeah, that's about it for that. There's some some good stuff, some quotes from uh, Glenn Greenwald in there. So go read the piece at uh, a view from a view from the beach at blogspot.com. Good stuff, Fritz has out there. This is from Saturday as well. I was going to do this show yesterday, but something happened, and I'm doing it today, so I'm late. But yet I'm still on time with the information and facts. It's not easy being this good, folks, and this humble at the same time. Wow, I must be a great guy. Now, let's look at something else real quick. That, uh, well, it, it illustrates better than anything I can come up with, frankly, uh, about how absolutely crazy the left is. The wokers, the people who, to them, gender means nothing. Gender's just, oh, well, I guess it exists. Who knows? Who cares? Be whatever you want to be. It's fluid. It's just, you know, you can be whatever you want, whenever you want to be. If you want to believe one gender Tuesday and one of the other 56 genders on Wednesday and another one on Friday, hell, you can even be two or three genders in one day. It really is that simple. And noted singer uh, Demi Lovato came out a while back and said, had some some statement on what her gender was going to be. And she's had some some mental health scares and uh, things like that. I I hope she's a young kid, early 20s, I think. I hope she gets her head straight. But also from Fritz, also from A View from the Bleach, View from the beach, not the bleach. Good Lord. I'm talking like I drank bleach earlier or something. But here we go with what Fritz has found. The title of the piece is They is Nuts. And you'll understand that here in a minute better. But if they wants to identify as just another white male, they can be my guest. Uh, Yahoo! Demi Lovato revealed that there could be a time when they identify as trans. Now, you may be confused because you're thinking, what in the hell is this girl saying? Who is she talking about? Who are, who are these people? Who are they uh, that uh, might identify as trans? She's not talking about a group of people. She's not talking about people, plural. She's talking about herself. She's referring to herself as they. I guess her preferred pronouns now are they, them, and they are batshit crazy. I don't know. But she's talking about herself. Yes, think about it. And this is from Yahoo.com. Demi Lovato was further opening up about their, again, did it again. They're referring to her as their, as in those people over there. That's their, that's their mental mis- malfunction, as in plural. She's a singular, and if she keeps this batshit crazy up, she's always going to be single, because ain't no guy that stupid. But again, Demi Lovato is further opening up about their gender identity ahead of their 29th birthday. Good Lord, get this girl some help. While speaking at the 19th Represents Summit, I have no idea what it is, and I'm not looking it up. The Sorry Not Sorry singer shared more about their journey. Again, she's only talk, they're only talking about her, one person. 
their journey of coming out as non-binary and how their gender expression could change in the future. Could that be the futures? Or I guess this future? I don't know. Uh, I mean, shouldn't time be kind of immune to scientific reality too? I'm just asking. Just asking, my friends. And just wait to hear this genius from Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato continued. Listen here. A lot of wisdom here. A lot of mental gymnastics and moral gymnastics and science gymnastics going on with Demi, with uh, Demi Lovato. She says, being non-binary, what that means is that I'm so much more than the binary of man and woman. Well, someone's stuck on herself. They said, again, when the word they is good God, it's referring to Demi Lovato, who is one woman pretending to be more than one person, I guess. I don't know. Being non-binary, uh, Lovato said, what that means is that I am so much more than the binary of man and woman. Then the news story follows with, they said during the summit, according to the Daily Mail, and Lovato continued, and that we are all so much more if we allow ourselves the ability to look within ourselves and challenge that binary that we've grown up living in. Good God. I don't even know how to respond to that. Which ties in next, next thing I'm going to talk about. But the story has to be continued here because the the biggest casualty here, other than sanity and common sense and reality, is the language, the English language, and, and gender. The story continues, again, from Yahoo News, talking about one person, Demi Lovato. They also revealed the challenges they face before coming out as non-binary. Lovato says, I was very nervous. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? You were very nervous, Demi. Shouldn't you be saying we were very nervous? I thought you had some non-binary superpower. But you just outed, didn't she just out herself, folks? By not following her own uh, language there? But she said, I was very nervous in the beginning to come out as non-binary because I didn't want people to think it was inauthentic. Why would anyone think such absolute malarkey would be not serious or inauthentic? I just wanted people to see what coming out as non-binary meant to my healing process. Don't you mean our healing process, Demi? You have no consistency. You've committed a grievous sin against the non-binary, they, their, them identifying people. Demi continued expressing that their gender identity could change over time. Sure, why not? You could just change on, uh, like I said, Tuesday morning, you're one thing. Wednesday evening, you're something else. I want to change and later this afternoon become a multimillionaire. If that only worked, I'd be, I would sign up, my friends. There might be a time where I identify as trans. There might be a time where I identify as non-binary and gender non-conforming my entire life. Or maybe there's a period of time when I get older that I identify as a woman. I have a feeling that it's not going to ever go back to one way or the other, but it's about keeping it open and free. And just, I'm a very fluid person. So that goes with how I express myself as well. Demi. I don't know you. You're a cute girl. Good singer. But you were crazy as a pet coon. And if you've ever known anybody with a pet raccoon, which I did, those are nutty animals. Just nutty. They'll raid your, raid your pantry. Get an entire package of Kraft macaroni and cheese mix. And then they'll eat the pasta and the cheese, that, that powder. 
and here's this raccoon sitting on your buddy's kitchen counter covered with the cheese, the dust of the cheese. Tell about something that'll scare the hell out of you. Lucky I wasn't drunk when I saw it. I might might have become gender non-conforming or something. Who knows? And uh, I, again, just absolutely insane. And again, it, the headline is perfect. They is nuts. You're one person, but yet you can have multiple genders and just change on the whim. Well, okay. I mean, it's not like you, you apparently it's hell it is. I guess it's as easy as saying, don't want ham or turkey today. You know what? Damn it. I'll have both. I'm sandwiched on conforming. Know your reality, non conforming, Demi. And I hope you get the help you need, unless this is just some stupid publicity stunt. But given that this is 2021, yeah, it probably is a stupid publicity stunt. And now let's talk about killing comedy. Let's talk about what used to be called political correctness. Now it's wokeness or cultural Stalinism. Oh, God knows what it, what it even is accurately described as. Besides, other than insane, obviously. But Seth Dillon, you may not have heard of him. He's a CEO. Uh, he is the CEO of the Babylon Bee, which is a, a satirical news site uh, that conservatives love, even though they do take shots at conservatives sometimes. They took one at Mike Lindell the other day, uh, and I thought it was hilarious. But Seth Dillon is a CEO, and he has done a video. Uh, actually, this was a few months ago. But it just fit right after the Demi Lovato story. It kind of fit because the Demi Lovato thing is so absurd and I am the first person I've ever heard say this. I'm not saying others haven't. I'm saying I'm the first person I remember ever, ever saying the words or writing the words that the left has gone so crazy, you can no longer parody the left. Because whatever you make up, no matter how absurd and insane it is, they've already topped it somewhere else. Now, others have said it, and... In this piece, you'll hear Seth Dillon refer to something very similar. I'm not taking credit, but I'm saying I'm the first one that ever I heard or knew of saying these things. I am very cutting edge for my age, my friends. But listen to the first little bit of this and uh, very, uh, very eye opening. I can't play it all for you. I'm sure there'd be some copyright issues, but this is from Prager.com phenomenal website you have kids there's age appropriate things for different ages make your kids bribe them do whatever you have to do listen to prager.com uh because outside of one one thing i've ever one video i've ever seen there which i'll get into at some point i have in the past but i'll get into maybe i'll focus one podcast on just that one but everything else i've heard there is perfect and your kids can learn a lot, and, and you need a way to push back against the leftism being pushed in schools. So take a listen to Seth Dillon, the CEO of the greatness of the Babylon Bee, probably the second best thing you can read next to Daily Gator online, the Babylon Bee. Yeah, it's that good. Hold on, my friends. Here it comes just for y'all. Almost anything we publish now ends up being believable. And much the world has become too absurd to be satirized. The great English writer G.K. Chesterton said that way back in 1911, long before math was considered racist and biological men were allowed to compete against women in sports. One can only imagine what he would say if he were alive today. At the Babylon Bee, where we write satire for a living, we're feeling Chesterton's pain in a big way. Just look at these headlines that were satirical at the time we wrote them. On May 9th, 2017, we ran this headline. Two plus two equals four, insists closed-minded bigot. That was a joke, of course. But on August 10th, 2020, the Washington Examiner published this story. Math professor claims equation two plus two equals four reeks of white supremacist patriarchy. On August 13th, 2020, we ran this headline. BLM rioters awarded Nobel Peace Prize. At the time, we thought this was obvious satire, 
but on January 29th, 2021, this story was published in The Guardian. Black Lives Matter movement nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. On March 25th, 2020, we ran this headline. Pant sales plummet as everyone working from home. The very next day, this story appeared in Yahoo Finance. Amid coronavirus, Walmart says it's seeing increased sales of tops, but not bottoms. I could go on. Our satirical headlines are proving to be prophetic with astonishing regularity. So what does this mean for humor and satire? Well, for one thing, it makes our job much more difficult. You might be surprised to hear that. The crazier reality is, the easier it is to make fun of, right? Actually, it's the opposite. Satire exaggerates the truth to make a point. But when reality is this absurd and extreme views and behavior are commonplace, how do you go a step beyond it? Amen. How do you do that, my friends? You can't. You really can't. Uh, go to Prager.com and queue up uh, either Seth Dillon in the search there, and you will probably come to this. This is in their, their uh, five-minute video section. They have different sections, and it's from May 10th, 2021. But look in, in the uh, five-minute video section of their website. Great website, Prager.com. Uh, Dennis Prager being the, the chief guy behind it. And you can pretty much destroy any leftist talking point with a video from here. Uh, give your kids tremendous aid in fighting back against the garbage they're taught. And entertain yourself, make yourself laugh, make yourself cry, make yourself think, make yourself want to get involved to a greater level. Uh, and hell, maybe even run for Congress or your city council, your county commission, maybe the mayor. You know, a lot of the most egregious things done against our liberties are done at the local level. They're not all from the federal government or from the state government. They're done from county commission meetings, city council meetings, mayor's offices, state legislatures. So understand how important it is sometimes. Sometimes you shake your head and you go, good Lord, we're taking a step backwards no matter what Trump did and how he got Republicans to actually stand up and fight over a lot of things. You still lost a lot of ground under Trump because all these little, all the, the activism of the left, they are, they are religious in their fervor. Russ Limbaugh once said that leftism was a religion and it is a religion conservatism is not a religion a lot of conservatives are religious people but they don't have the religious fervor for their politics that they do for their faith and that can be very 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 scary to consider when you think about uh what the left advocates for. <clears throat> and when you think about that little clip there I played, we've reached a point of complete insanity. It's every day. You know, Alex Trebek died. Maybe the last thing on this earth that everyone agreed on, everyone liked, everyone was Alex Trebek. Once he died, all bets are off. But he was such a, a great host for Jeopardy. Perfect, really. No one's ever going to live up to his, his the standard he set. The voice and delivery, everything. But he had a way of just being completely removed from everything. He just did his job. People loved it. People of all races, genders. Uh, even Demi Lovato, 17 genders that she has now. They all loved it. But, of course, when he passed away, he had to be replaced. It was either that or Jeopardy goes away. They're bringing Jeopardy back. They had a series of guest hosts, uh, Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. There was LeVar Burton. Uh, there were several others. I, can, I think Katie Couric was one who would want to listen to that little, little mush mouth for more than 10 seconds. Um, but there were many others who had. I think Anderson Cooper was one. Noah's hubby wasn't there. And he wasn't getting drunk with Don Lemon when he did it. But there were several people who did it. And basically it was kind of a, 
a way, I guess, to, to get people to to say who they thought should be the host. I know a lot of people wanted LeVar Burton to be the, the host. Uh, but they picked uh, a guy who's been in the business of he was heavily involved in The Price of Right. I guess he kind of ran The Price of Right, and there was some sexual harassment claims against him, and he allegedly said some things that were frowned upon. Uh, some of the models, you know, uh, what they used to call them Barker's Beauties. Uh, there were some complaints about, uh, like he said, he wanted them to wear bikinis more. And he did it because ratings. But he said some things on a podcast and he got in trouble for it. And he has withdrawn his name because they had, they had decided to go with him for some reason. I've never been impressed with the guy. So now I guess they're looking for another host. But even a game show where really if the, the ideals of, of the politics, the ideology of the host, who cares? I never once sat down and go, you know, I really like Jeopardy, but if I were to find out that Alex Trebek voted for a Democrat at any point or supported leftist politics, I think he's from Canada, Alex Trebek. I'm not sure about his citizenship. But Alex Trebek was just a, a good host, a great host. That's all that mattered. Those days are, are getting to a point where they're past us now. It's not just, is this comedian funny? Is Bill Burr funny? Is Jerry Seinfeld funny? And I guess we got to start digging up people now. I mean, maybe we should dig up the corpse of Red Fox and play all his comedy. Red Fox was a hilarious man. What about... Uh, Robin Williams, to me, the greatest stand-up comic ever. Uh, Richard Pryor. There's so many that aren't with us anymore. Should maybe they get canceled? Is that where we're headed to? Uh, we've lost our minds, and sometimes the right does it. You know, I've, I've, I've tried to warn some people on the right on occasion that, hey, look at what you're doing. Okay, you're not going to watch. You're not going to watch your professional team anymore because one player on that team said something that you didn't like. You're going to throw the whole sport out. I don't know if that's the best choice. It was just an observation. Uh, I mean, what the NFL did and NBA especially, they went so overboard with the Black Lives Matter garbage that I didn't watch the NBA playoffs last year. I I didn't watch it at all this year. I watched a few games last year at the beginning, and this year I didn't watch at all. I just watched more Stanley Cup playoffs, which is a far better product anyway. Uh, but the NHL has not gotten deep at all, really. They, they really, really didn't even get into the shallow water of that whole Black Lives Matter, social justice, racial justice, blah, 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 that started last last summer. They didn't even do it. You know, the NFL has done it too much. Major League Baseball did it a little too much from my taste. Uh, but generally, I don't watch baseball until the playoffs start. And I did watch last year. There was some good playoffs going on in, in Major League Baseball. And I'll, I'll watch again this year. I'm not so strict that some player somewhere says something that offends me, so I want to write the whole sport off. To me, that kind of smacks of cancel culture. And we don't want to be like the left. Trust me, you don't want to go there. I think we're far better people, frankly, and far smarter, more tolerant, more open-minded. Uh, but being open-minded means you you respect other people's point of view. No, it means you respect their right to express their point of view. I mean, let's face it. Uh, who's the idiot, the redhead ditz with the terribly, terribly offensive yeah, Joy Behar on The View? That woman says the stupidest things ever. I still would fight for her right to say it. The cancel culture is the opposite. You said this. We don't care if you said it in 1985 when you were 13 years old. You said this. Okay, your career now has to go away. 
You just won an Oscar. You just won a, a Grammy. You just won some big award or had some big accomplishment. But back when you were 13 or 14, you wrote something in your diary that today is offensive. That kind of insanity uh, has to go, and we can't be any part of it, my friends. And that would be it for me today, ladies and lasses. Uh, went a little longer than I, I uh, meant to. I usually do that. I need to have a. I need to hire somebody to to slap me when it's when I they say time they should slap me, uh, preferably a uh, a hot woman. But hey, they slap me enough anyway. But thank you. For, that's a joke. That's a joke. Okay. Don't cancel me. Uh, but thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Whenever you do, morning, noon, or night. Thank you for it. Remember the three golden rules of life. God bless America. If you're left, you just ain't right. Demi Lovato. And go Gators. Just uh, just five days to college football season, my friends. Can you tell I'm a little excited and pumped about it? I thought I I thought I I thought I gave that message out, that vibe out pretty, pretty, pretty hard. And if you want to contribute to the delegator.com or the delegator daily thought, whose uh, listenership is up past week, up pretty sharply, which is good. I'm getting like four people a week now. That's a joke. That's a joke. Sort of. But <laughs> anyway, you can go to the delegator.com. First post is uh, has a little button. There's also one on the sidebar that says, by now, if you click that, you go to my PayPal page, you can donate. And thank you if you do. You can also sign up at Anchor, Anchor by Spotify. And you can be a, a regular, uh, as a monthly subscriber and contributor. And you just select the amount per month and you can change that anytime. Uh, and you can do that that way. Just go to anchor.com and look for Doug Hagen. And you will find the link there and the ability to do that. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it, my friends. It is fun doing this. I enjoy doing it for you. Any tips, hints, whatever, complaints, gripes, you can hit me anytime. Comment on the delegator.com. Always respect people's inputs. So there you go. That's it for me, my friends. Thank you very much for listening again. God bless you. Take care. Have a good day. Have a great day tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow with one another one of these. Uh, as the great Rush Limbaugh would have said, this excursion into broadcast excellence. If I can only get half as excellent as Rush was. I'll be doing well. Thank you very much again, guys. Ladies, gentlemen, y'all have fun. Y'all take care. Be good to one another. Tip well. And that's pretty much all you need for a good life, I think. Take care. We'll talk to you manana.